0: What is that? Don't just show What's, me palm trees and then not tell me what it is.
1: Oh, this? Yeah. Oh, I'm drinking uh, Lift Bridge Mango Blonde.
0: Sick. The can looks cool. I like palm trees.
1: It is. It's got a little uh, fucking Ooh, little tiki, tiki man? guy.
0: Yeah. Oh, fun.
1: It's great. It's a nice summer beer. And we're kind of transitioning out of that now, so into the uh, fall time, which uh, loosely ties into the topic today, because I feel like the first time we played was in fall, so together. Was it? Or like late summer.
0: I don't want to sound like a dick, but I don't remember that.
1: Yeah, it was probably like uh eh, maybe it was like July. Let's uh let's take the next hour to just like think of the date, you know? I think that that's a good episode. If yeah. we just think of the date that we played together first.
0: Yeah, we can each go through our calendars and our Facebook feeds.
1: Yeah, it was definitely 4 years ago though, pretty sure. That so That's right. Yeah, and um Anyways, there's a fly buzzing in my room. Uh, perfect. Love that. Hope they all die. Um, <laughs> please, everybody, um, Kill your get flies. vaccinated. Oh, oh. yeah. F- including flies. I don't want the. F- well, I do want the. F- flies don't get vaccinated. They should die. Um, that's it. Yeah, this has been uh, Bad Bandmates. <laughs> Hey, thanks. Hello. This is uh, Nate and Josh, and this is Bad Bandmates Mm -hmm. coming at you every Monday. Or if we decide to not do a Monday and skip one or two here and there, oops, that's too bad. It just happens because it's life. Um, It's our show. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, so, Get uh, get
0: your own show and follow a curriculum. Is that the right yeah. word?
1: And not get paid for it, just like doing it pro bono. Yeah. Pro bono, more like pro boner. Am I pro right?
0: Pro bono, more like this costs just, money to do. Yeah.
1: <laughs> edit, edit out me saying pro boner. You know? you know. Just kidding. Edit me out. Edit me saying. Edit, edit me saying this, but keep me. <laughs> Ended out the whole episode. All right, we're going. <laughs> so, actually, I do. Um, I this is a this is an interesting discussion, and here's why. Yeah, we're going to be talking about Josh was in a band called Average Mammals. Correct. Made a made a couple a couple million off of uh, album sales records, number one on the charts and in yeah. our hearts. Oh yeah, dude, I fucking got that bitch. Okay,
0: <laughs> Nate killed the fly. I, you know what?
1: <laughs> side, yes, <laughs> yes, not not any side tangent. There's another one. There's another one. I was hanging up flat. I was hanging up a fly trap the other day. And like just angrily to myself, I just went, Get stuck, bitch. And nice. that was my that was that's my threat. A good,
0: that's a good fly burn.
1: Yeah. So anyway uh, <laughs> We're already uh six minutes almost into this. Uh yeah, we so talk
0: about music on this podcast. Isn't that what we, we said do... a bunch last
1: week? Talk about music on this podcast So Josh is in a band called Average Mammals They made a couple, two, three albums Mm -hmm. And I kind of thought it would be interesting And I just kind of Slid it Josh's way I was like, what if we listen to Your band's album You know uh, Technically you have two You guys have
0: two Well, and a live album We we put out two well, we put a one full length album, an EP, an acoustic EP, and then a live album from a release show of one of the albums. That makes sense?
1: Got it. Yep. Everybody not, following? Not
0: in that order either, just to make it you really will, fucking confusing.
1: You will be quizzed. Um so <clears throat> we're talking about the album Life Under the Influence. Yeah. Right? That's the name
0: of it. I was like, yep. That's, that's okay. the name of it. <laughs> I was like,
1: I was literally like, why does that like not sound right? But like, it nope, definitely that's right. is. That's right. I was like, that is what I, I typed in to find it. Um, So, this is the full for average mammals. Let's get some backstory on it. Let's get sure. some backstory. This is Josh's blood, sweat, and tears in yeah. this. Well, More tears than anything, I think. I
0: would say just sweat, mostly because I'm out of shape. (laughs)
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, So in 2013, okay, we got to go back a little bit. Ryan and Darnay. Darnay was a member of the band. Uh, He's on this album, and then after this album, he left, and we were a three-piece. But at the time, we were a four-piece. Ryan and Darnay and Grant and also Jake, who you guys have heard on the podcast before as well. They went to L.A. and Ryan and Darnay went to a music college. And I think it was in Hollywood. Don't really know for sure. And sure. one of their teachers there, uh, I think he like partially owns and like runs a studio in Pasadena, California called the Pi Studios. And his girlfriend at the time bugged him and just bugged him and bugged him and bothered him and annoyed the shit out of him to listen to the demos that we've made. Because at that time we were tracking this album in a home studio. Yeah. And he got a hold of us and said, if you guys can come out here, this was 2013, by the way, he said, if you guys can get out here for a month and like afford food and housing, I'll record this album, which, for those of you that don't know anything about how much studios cost, they're a fuck ton. So like this was a, a, for lack of a more cliche way of saying it, a chance of a lifetime or an opportunity of a lifetime. And yeah, so it's recorded in Pasadena, California at the pie studios. And it was our first time really creating anything with anybody that wasn't the four of us. And this is the product.
1: Yeah. And And what a product it is. What a Um, product.
0: I always imagine Billy Mays selling this on TV for us.
1: Right, just doing lines of cocaine and then just, what a product. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Sorry, RIP. (laughs) Okay. Um, Yeah, so that's to me, that's very interesting because any time that I've um, recorded anything, I mean, it's all been, you know, in a home setting, you know, in mm-hmm. a non-professional situation. Uh and and maybe just on a, you know, maybe one day we'll listen to my four songs or whatever that are out there in public and just We should. I would like to do an them.
0: episode on those because they're amazing.
1: No. No. Wow. Um so this album um actually it was kind of funny because I was like, oh man, like I don't know if I'm prepared to do an episode on it today, and we had some other ideas we were floating around, but then I I started listening to the album again, and I was like, I think that if I literally was put in front of a drum set and you were like, for some reason, Nate, I can't play this set, and it was an average mammal's return to glory with all the all the boys, mm-hmm. uh, and you were like Nate, I can't play drums for some reason. You got to play my set with no practice. I think I've heard these songs uh, so many times that I could probably do it. I could probably do it.
0: Not only could you do it, but you could probably play them better than me too.
1: No, no, but the reason I say that is because like I think there. Not only have I, i of course watched you all play. Mm-hmm. time after time after time we'd played numerous shows together but like the songs are very catchy and very uh you know what a lot of them don't overstay the welcome which i think is good because i mean we've talked about that a lot you know when yeah. when when albums have like even like 12, 13, 14 songs, but all of them are five minutes or more long. It's like, okay, you know, you get a little sick of it after a while. Or mm-hmm. they've, or as we've said many times, they show their hand, you know, at yep. the, and then it doesn't really evolve from there. But I think that um, this album is special because obviously y'all are from my hometown, <laughs> you know. Uh, and it's kind of like that sort of a vibe. Um, but I've also grown up around, you know, pretty much everybody in the band as well. Um, Ryan played a couple of times with my brother as a drummer, like trying to do music at one point. I think they only did like three practices in my basement. And uh, <laughs> I was probably like nine years old playing Tekken in the corner while punk music was being played. Um, and, you know, and then, you know, everybody else, I mean, it's like, it's just kind of cool when, when you hear that someone from your hometown went and recorded in California. Oh my God. You know, it's special. Yeah. (laughs) It's special. I actually feel like I remember I, when you guys came back from recording and you had the album and everything like that. And then you played a show in just like this small bar and mm. it was like absolutely packed. I wasn't there. I wanted to go, but like I saw and I feel like it was just people out the door. Like, you know, yeah, that was, I think it was back. the
0: Homer Homer bar. Yes. Yeah. We yeah. Did it was a, just a, we did a return show. nice
1: little bar. What was it like coming back? Uh, and, and having an album, That was yours and recorded and something to call your own, you know?
0: Oh, man. So, actually, here's a fun fact. So, we we were there in June 2013 for a month, and that's how long it took to record it. But the album wasn't done until, I believe, middle to end of June 2014. Okay. So, we spent a year... Because again, the the gentleman producing it, Nels Jensen. Shout out Nels Jensen, my boy. Shout out. Uh, he yeah, he doesn't listen to this shit. Uh, he he, you know, he was doing this for us. You know, like he, we weren't we didn't have money to pay him, so he was doing this when he had time to do it. Right.
1: He had no deadlines. So, yeah. <laughs> was, so it like, just, yeah. So it's like yeah. So if
0: he's like, hey, I can't get you guys a mix on disappear for a month. I have studio shit sessions. Cause he works with like fucking, he worked with, I think he had a session with Snoop Dogg's piano playing when we were there. I know he's had <laughs> Jamie Foxx in the studio. He, I mean like be, people that are like good sure. go there. So if Nell says he doesn't have time, this probably makes sense. So right. we spent a year getting mixes back, you know, here and there. And then actually in the summer of 2014, I went back to L.A. because Jake was still living there and I went on a vacation with some friends and it happened to line up that that was the weekend where they were setting the album to tape, which for you, if you don't know what that is, you take a digital copy and then they basically record it onto tape because it gives it like a vintage feel. So I actually got to go to the album and see the finished product. But yeah, but it was a year after. So coming back from California, we were broke and had nothing to show for it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Right. At this point... Um, And sorry, this is a little bit more different than a regular episode, and I don't think Josh really knew that I was going to come at him with some questions. But I
0: didn't. I feel braggy already, and I don't That's mean a... to sound braggy. You are I, braggy. Here's the, here, I'll put this out right in the beginning, like 12 minutes in or whatever we are. Yeah. I think, just so everybody knows, I think I'm a fucking loser. I don't think I'm cool at all for the things but... that I've done.
1: We love you, um,
0: that was so mean to me.
1: it was dude, say you're sorry, for Christ's sake,
0: Christ, sorry, Christ, no, I was saying, okay, well,
1: let's just move past <laughs>
0: okay, well, I thought that's why I thought I did it right
1: um so I mean, you know, looking looking back, I mean. I guess the whole thing I I I didn't even know it took a a year for all that. I guess it would make sense but like um <clears throat> I feel like there's a lot of um you know just in just to say a kind of a blanket statement. I mean, there's a lot of texture to this album and what I mean by that is there's a lot of little things that get added mm-hmm. that um you know, maybe on first listen or whatever, or like even as a passive listener, uh, you don't necessarily pick up on. But like now that I've been actually sitting down and listening to <laughs> albums and like picking them apart at least a little bit to the extent of what we do, I started to like notice a lot more little things here and little, there. Little you
0: intricacies. Know. That's my, my favorite part of music is... Because like a lot of people can play guitar and, you know, play drums and bass and sing together, right? But when making an album, it's my favorite part to like be able to mute like the main shit and then just yep. hear all the weird, dumb stuff that like nobody notices. But if it wasn't there, the song would suck and you would notice that the song sucks. I love that shit. It's so cool to right. me.
1: So how much of that these little additives like like um hand claps or like you know double track vocals or even like little piano lines or like uh, like organ is in there like yeah. obviously it's probably like a like a keyboard sampled organ or something like that maybe it's real i don't no, know it's it's but, real oh that's awesome <laughs> so um how much of that was like nells as like a producer role or whatever how much of that was him how much of that was like you guys just wanting to experiment and throw as much shit in there.
0: So I've never worked with, I mean, the, the only people I've really ever made music with is my band, Ryan and, and Grant and Jake. This is the first time having anybody as like an external source. And what Nels did that I thought was awesome is he really became a band member. Yeah. Like immediately. So I, I don't, I guess I don't really know how to word this, but like if he had an idea and was like, Hey, key, keys would sound really cool here. It was like he formed a relationship with us so quick that we all immediately knew like where he was going with it and what he wanted. And I'm, I, I'm assuming that's just because he's a great producer. He just made us feel so comfortable and at home right away that sure. he could he could get that shit out of us without us really having to try. And I mean, th- don't get me wrong, this was the hardest thing I think I've ever done. But he sure. had a way of making it like manageable and making a 12-hour shift, trying to make a fucking clap sound perfect. Like...
1: Yeah. Good. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, how much of that, I mean, that sounds, I mean, obviously that sounds like the mark of a great, or at least, you know, above average, for sure, uh, hey. producer. Um, what did you say? Sorry.
0: I said, hey, because average mammals, above average. Oh, oh I've, heard, okay. I've heard that joke a million times.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Um, how, so, I mean, that sounds like a good mark of a good producer and stuff like that. Was there ever any head butting moments? I mean, like not, even, not within the band, even like, I feel like, I feel like, uh, even with Nels, like, it's like some, I've heard stories of like, sometimes where producers or, or, uh, people recording or whatever are kind of like, Hey, let's try this or let's cut this or let's. You know, do less of that. Yeah. You know, whatever. Uh, I mean, was there was there any headbutting moments, or is that, or, and was it a a process of uh, you think a betterment because of it, or is it just kind of like, well, he said to do this, and I guess we did it, but like, at the end of the day, nah. <laughs> it was <laughs>
0: like, it was actually pretty pretty split on decision making. Like he gave us a lot of freedom. To do what we wanted, even if he wasn't super on board with it. Like the first track is I used a drum, like a a drum machine. And then I really wanted a natural hi-hat sound, which would involve setting up a hi-hat stand and a microphone for really no reason. Just so it goes a couple times. He hated that. And I don't think anybody in the band did, but I got my way. But if okay. there were if there were things that Nels was like, "Yeah, this is gonna sound really fucking dumb," and like I know better than you guys, then we would lose. If it was like a really big thing, nice, you got it. Got, got that, that fucking. Buck. That's not even a fly. That's just a gnat.
1: I I well, they start out that way, don't they?
0: Is that a real thing?
1: I do it. I don't know nature, oh. um. <laughs> so. <laughs> okay I mean that's kind of a good segue I guess I and into the the tracks I guess sure. we can start right off at the beginning um and I'm sorry I, I I know this is gonna be a little bit of a you know I mean it's 20 minutes in already and I I kind of had some questions about it you know but like I think these types of it, things are interesting to kind of get the the background story and there is. Like a full thing on YouTube, right, for you guys that basically goes back and talks about each track and stuff like that, but yeah, it's um,
0: called um shit, what's it called? Life behind the influence maybe,
1: yeah, is it should on I... like the average mammals' YouTube or something?
0: <clears throat> it should be on YouTube, I believe it's on Amazon as well if you have like Amazon Prime, I think you could watch it on there,
1: oh. That's kind of cool actually. Yeah. <laughs> I actually didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, fun little so fact. I yeah, um so you talked about the first track and you have these this electronic drum sound. The first track is called The Senses. Um mm-hmm. I so when we played a show together, um I first of all, I was just like I always am for supporting local music and stuff like that anytime i can Mm -hmm. buy cds buy shirts i always do that as much as i can you know um so we played a show together and i just like immediately grabbed all the cds and um i think my wife probably grabbed like a shirt or something too i still appreciate Um, that yeah and look where you are now i mean just sitting in a mansion. In my mom's basement. There's a basement. pool back behind you. Like, that, I don't know how you dampen the No, I just the painted, sound.
0: The, I painted the walls blue.
1: Oh, okay. That's what it is. Got it. <laughs> got it. Um, so, <laughs> the sense is, um, I, I think that this, this CD, when I bought it, I mean, it was kind of just like in my car on a daily basis. And this is when I was making a commute, I think, to work like 30 minutes like there and back every day. So like I I like I said earlier, I think I know this album like the back of my hand, probably. um this song always stuck out to me in a good way. I actually like it probably it, I don't know, it's just one of my favorite tracks off of the album, and the reason why is because of how unique it is comparatively mm. uh, and especially with that electronic drum set, I think it's actually a perfect opener. I think that the the instrumentation of it all, I don't think is, is like crazy, crazy, but I think the part that really sticks out to me is just the vocals and the harmonies and the stuff that you guys did with all that, especially kind of like towards the end when there's multiple like multiple uh like the chorus here going on top of another voice and on top of another voice and just the amount of layering especially in the vocals i always loved and on top of that um not only do does ryan have a good singing voice i'm assuming you also did background vocals too as like harmonies uh yes uh yep Not only do your guys' voices work so well um, together, but it just... (laughs) I love uh, the screaming kind of layered vocal on top Mm -hmm. of everything, and yet the track is kind of more electronically focused. I I don't know if any of that made sense, but it's like... It's not the typical song that you'd have screaming or, like, yelled vocals on, but yet it fits so perfectly on this one. And um, this, this... this track just always stands out to me. So, yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, this is actually one of my personal favorites off of the album. And the reason why we chose it as first in the end is, so when when we were recording, we all sat in the, you know, in the control room, which is where the grown up Nels would sit and hit all the cool buttons. <laughs> and then yeah. when, you're, when you're playing something, you go down the stairs and you go outside and you're like, shut out. But we were trying to figure out the song because he really liked the demo. We never played it before. Never. This was The demo was all Ryan, and it was pretty yeah. close to this, but acoustic. It was all Ryan. And we were sitting around the room, and Darnay got a vocal part. I got a vocal part. Ryan got one. Grant got one. And we just started playing it this way. And we were like, what a cool fucking way to open the album where everybody has... Like a, a literal voice in the song, and like maybe that could like set the tone because this song doesn't sound like anything else in the album either, which I think is really no. cool. But somehow it's it seems familiar to our sound. I think in certain ways,
1: yeah.
0: And yep. maybe that is attributed to the screaming. But yeah, I thought it. I thought it was really cute to kind of give everybody a voice right away in the beginning, and it. I feel like it worked.
1: I completely agree, and I I love the uh the way it kind of segues into the next track with that kind of like I I don't know how to describe it, but it's like the it's it's a line that's sung, but it just kind of keeps echoing like back and forth. Yeah, it sounds it, it sounds it's like, like
0: it's in a tin can kinda that's the yeah. that's the magic of, of Nels and Ryan. I don't know how the fuck they do these things. <laughs> right. I just I just sometimes play the shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: Give me a couple of snares, a couple of toms, a couple of cymbals. <laughs> yep. I'm here. Um, so that's that's the senses. A really great track. I, I do love this one. And I, I, none of this is fucking sugarcoating either, because I'm just because I'm like, oh, I know I know, I know a, you'll tell me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, disappears next, and uh, the the chorus of this song uh i always liked a lot because it it seems like um it almost seems like there's this energy building up to like what could have been like a big explosive chorus but mm. then it kind of it actually like gets a little bit brought up in the in the uh, energy and all that stuff and then it kind of hits the chorus and you're just kind of hitting like the ride symbol, not in like a bashy, crashy way. You're just kind of like hitting it. Like, hitting <laughs> those pings. like you're, yeah, just a little ting, ting, ting. Mm-hmm. Like, and, um, I always like this, this, uh, chorus a lot. Uh, cause I think it just has this nice, I don't know, this nice space to it. And then you kind of hit the double time after like the last chorus or something like that. Um, uh,
0: Yeah, after the last chorus, there's a bridge and it goes into double time.
1: Yes, and um, perfect way to kind of, kind of, you know, begin to exit out of the track. Yeah, it
0: kind of. This song to me is always read as like, like it builds a lot of tension in the verse, and then it kind of subdues, and then it builds that tension back up, and it has to blow up at some point. And that bridge is just where all the tension gets released.
1: Yeah. Exactly and that's uh i th- i mean that's 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 great writing good job <laughs> that's that's ryan <laughs> yeah yeah i i always do I, I yeah ryan has a a a great way of like song structures i don't know what it is but he just knows he knows what he's doing you yeah. know I do have to say, uh, <laughs> if you've been following uh, this podcast and the trajectory of this, um, you're gonna you're gonna hear you're gonna hear the influences of a lot of the albums Josh has given to me. Yeah, pretty
0: much <laughs> per the, song. Yep.
1: Yeah, which isn't a bad thing. I mean, no. fuck, my band definitely stole shit dude there's a there's a we never we never recorded this i don't think but um yeah there's a drum track whenever we played that we whenever we played um one of our tracks live where i completely ripped off a the opening drum part to a band called have heart and the song is Armed with a Mind, I think. So if you go and listen to that song, I played that part exactly uh every time live. And there was only one time where someone caught me, and it was because the band was a hardcore band and like they were like, Hey dude hey dude, you play you played Have Hearts song and I was like, Oh yeah, I ripped it off. <laughs> yeah. Um and they're like, "Yeah, I thought so." And I was like, "Yeah, well, whatever. It's not recorded." So, um, but anyways, we can go into if this is love. Speaking uh, of
0: stealing stuff, my drum part yeah. in the beginning is, "We're not gonna take it."
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> Except for without the uh, 80s reverb on it, you know.
0: Oh, dude, but you know what though? We actually went to we went to music around in Pasadena to record this song and we bought i think it was like a 32 snare snare to go on the it was fucking mass like you know like a regular snare drums like two inches wide this one was fucking huge so we tried buy we tried to get that 80s snare
1: <laughs> sure sure yeah i mean i'm sure there was a lot of uh they just they just recorded in arenas you know what i mean I think that every eighties hair metal band recorded in arenas.
0: They did, yeah. They all recorded in Madison Square Garden. That's a fact. That's right. Google that's Map right. It. Or Google Map It.
1: Yeah, that's Google Map It. You can. That'll just show you where it is. <laughs> you, you, you technically can. You will not find the answer that to that question though. Um If This Is Love, uh, I I always like this track. It's it's very danceable. This has the cool little clap additives on it in the background going to the verse. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, lots of woa woes, which I'm always a a I'm a sucker for in most oh, yeah. part in, in most occasions. And it has this kind of kind of g- guitar solo y bit, you know, kind of an instrumental mm-hmm. uh, break. And you have this drum part. That's really cool. It's like this like ting ding. like oh, this cool
0: here's a good time for confessions. Okay. There are let's see, one, two, three, four. There are four songs on this album that weren't already written when I joined the band. Because I wasn't the first drummer. Uh I came in and all these songs were previously tracked or listened to at some point. So a lot of these drum parts on this album, I did not write. I just tried to do my best to play as good as the guy before me, who I truly think is a better drummer than me. And I just tried to keep up. This is one of those parts. Like he, he wrote that I just tried to give it justice.
1: Sure. And I think you did, you know, I mean, I, I think it's a great part and, this song always kind of uh, you know I can picture all the uh, the regulars that would go out to the to the music bars oh, yeah. uh, dancing to this yep. song. I can you know.
0: see the the same dance that they all for some reason know how to do perfectly. They all know and nothing yeah. else. That's they only right. have one move.
1: And you know what? I love it. I love it. I, I the thing so is much. is that. I'm certainly not going to get out on the dance floor. You know what I mean? Certainly not.
0: Absolutely not. Uh,
1: even with all the organic uh, smoking products and the uh, Irish whiskey that there is. <laughs> I've tried. No, I
0: yeah, fed, fed you all of them. Can't get you out there.
1: I can't. No, I just I just recluse into a corner somewhere or something and freak out probably. Um, but... This song is is that to me. It's that very danceable track. Uh, always in the set list, pretty much, you know? Yep. And um, it's fun. It's groovy. It's light. It's good. That's about it.
0: All right. I got nothing to um, say on that
1: one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Get Out of Dodge. Um, I... I uh I don't have much to say in this track other than I think that there's kinda of some subtle like harmonies behind the chorus vocals that I I like. It's not like blatantly in your face harmony, but it's like just there to like keep it moving, keep it flowing. Yeah. That was something I noticed, just giving it a an attentive ear, you know? But um it's good shit, man
0: yeah I, I like this song a lot. This is always one of my if we play a if we played a hometown show this was the one like if we're in hibbing this is the song this one and cigarettes yeah. on the back half but this one was always really big with people
1: yeah yeah we'll get to cigarettes uh <laughs> later. Probably,
0: is it, is that one's gonna be your favorite I'm sure
1: I mean we'll see we'll see. shall we um, move
0: on to breadcrumbs
1: Breadcrumbs. Uh, this was always uh, also kind of a, a favorite of mine. Ma- mainly just because it's kind of it's kind of a straight up rock song, you know.
0: It's got, it's got, got some... little hints of like blues, like blues rock, kind of. That's what yes. I always felt.
1: Yes. Yes. Um, even uh, I think the energy of this track, I think, is the best the best part. And I think that the, as far as album structure and cohesion throughout, I think that so far it's, it's all been nice, like, uh, what song placement, I should say. And, uh, this is no exception. I mean, it, I think it sits perfectly, you know, kind of where there needed to be that amp up and energy, you know? And so, um, Nice little feedback in the beginning. Nice little tom hits again. I, I think that we could have gone a little bit more eighties with the like really thumpy th- toms, you know. But, <laughs> but um, but that's just me. Uh, <clears throat> even on the verses of this track, or at least I, I guess I didn't pay attention if there was like second verses and stuff. But it, the kind of like the the lower energy again you're just kind of hitting the ride with the four on the floor sort of heartbeat sort of sound you know where it's just yep. the steady rhythm um i like this this song it's got I like high this, energy
0: yeah i like this one a lot too um i like this one mostly because it has structure but at the same time there's really no structure to this this song
1: that's that's about all i have to say on that track though i mean it's uh
0: yeah, it's got good energy,
1: you know? Brings it up. Too fast, too soon. Um obviously not a favorite of mine, but I think <laughs> necessary. Uh just mellow, sort of like spacey. Um I think there's a lot of cool things added in if you're listening on headphones, little subtleties here and there. Um, I think at one point, I think it was this track where there was like a sound that traveled from my left ear to like my right ear, like over the course of a few bars. Uh I, Yeah, it's a necessary interlude, I guess, is what that's what I ultimately named it. So, yeah,
0: I, I love this song. This is mm-hmm. one of my favorites. Uh And there's not actually not a lot on this song that was tracked in the studio. Ryan did we didn't have shit for this song this was one of the ones where we were all kind of button heads on what to do and like where to go with it because we play it live but we play it like a fucking rock band it sounds nothing like this and ryan ended up doing the vocals at home and i went over to his place and all of the sounds in it like all the weird noises except for like the running kick drum that was on a drum machine in the studio everything else we went out to his garage and just recorded ourselves like throwing chains into buckets or, like, smacking a dumpster. <laughs> and we put all those songs on a sampler, you know, where you have different pads for each sound, and then yeah. we just played the drum part and then sent <clears> it to <throat> Nels. So this song was created kind of after the fact.
1: Okay. That's actually, I mean, that's interesting. Uh, you guys you guys did play this live, though, but, like, more amped up?
0: Yeah. It, well, it was... There's there's a guitar part in this, like a basic guitar part, uh, yeah. but we just kind of played it, I guess like a little funky, like a little jazzy sort of. And really, the okay. only thing that sounds like this song is the vocals, when when sure. we played it live.
1: Okay. Um, <clears throat> then we hit spring fling. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, this this is a, a staple of average mammals. Tracks, you know, yeah. Um, uh, We haven't really talked about the lyrics of this album. Um, I do like Ryan's writing. I'm assuming he did most of the writing. I think, like you said, I think
0: I think he wrote all of these. Yeah,
1: right. And um, I like the way he writes. Um, Definitely a lot of angsty hometown vibes and a lot of. Uh, like girl vibes, you know, <laughs> yeah. throughout the album, which isn't a bad thing.
0: Um, While well, these songs are I, old, this song I think was written. I must have been like fourteen when he wrote it.
1: <laughs> right. I think that I mean when I whenever I see you guys play this live, I feel like you guys kind of do. I, you know what? I think that's that's what makes it maybe work so well is because there's kind of this broken down tom part you know and like a kind of a a jam sesh that happens kind of in the middle
0: little dave matthews breakdown
1: sure yeah you got i just say that because
0: they you know they just jam the whole time
1: they do They, they certainly do and like i've said a million times there was that one time where me being in a pop punk band a lady came up to us and said I, I, do you guys do any dave matthews covers and i said no we don't why do you ask and she said well because i just love dave matthews <laughs> and so she definitely didn't hear any of the music we played <laughs> and uh just wanted to see us so that we could cover someone else's music which right. uh, definitely makes and sense. and
0: dave matthews of all the bands in the world
1: yeah like who? Who's covering Dave
0: no Matthews? One. No one. Nobody is.
1: Dave Matthews is covering Dave Matthews. You yeah, know what te- I mean?
0: He's, technically speaking, yeah.
1: He seems like he's covering his own music. You that know?
0: motherfucker has no idea how to play his own songs, and neither does anybody else.
1: Right. Although, I think Carter, Carter Buford, Beaufort, maybe something, I think is the drummer. Fantastic drummer. So Aaron Carter? It. Aaron Carter's a drummer yeah. um so so spring fling though i i i I think this is the track that actually
0: had the organ in it, which I was yeah. talking about, yep, and um, uh I believe we had somebody come in and play on this song uh, I don't wanna butcher their names, but they're in the credits, and i I am so fucking bad with names. I don't remember their names. what's your name, mm. No nah. Nate. Nate. Yeah. I don't said, remember oh. I don't remember names. I was just trying to really drive my point home. Oh yeah. But yes, yeah. I believe somebody came in and played keys for us on this song, if I'm not mistaken.
1: <laughs> there was that one time where I forgot your name, so I mean
0: I've, Yeah. I've that I've, hurts I've told, my feelings. I've told that before, I think. A couple few times, yeah. And it's mean every time.
1: Dude I don't know what happened. My brain just said no. No. I don't know who that is. <laughs> Even though That's I've what known... happens
0: when you put all those chemicals in it. Well,
1: look, it's not my fault that you feed me Jameson. You just, I like, don't sp-
0: feed you it. I you... offer it in a demanding way. And if you think
1: that I'm ever going to say no to that, you're wrong. You, you haven't so... yet. Yeah, not in four years. Nope. Absolutely not. So... <clears throat> maybe even five years of this, but I don't even fucking know. Whatever. I don't know. Uh, So, Spring Fling. Uh, this song, I, I do like it. I, it's, um, Ryan has a very, uh, I think this is the track where I wrote it down. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe I wrote it as a standalone thing. Um, he, he oftentimes uses this nice clean sound with his guitars. And yeah. I like that. I mean it does it does keep things um kind of all in the same camp and stuff like that. Uh and I think he has this ability to write riffs that just get totally stuck in your head. And <laughs> yep. just that opening riff, the you know, um, in between the the drum and, and bass hits, I think are it's just infectious, you know, that mm-hmm. that little ditty that he wrote. So. Yep. Um
0: I agree with you on his guitar playing.
1: Yes. Great guitar player. Yes. Great guy.
0: All around, and, yeah.
1: And so then we hit uh Life Under the Influence and if you listen to the first 3 seconds of the song, uh you, you and this is no dig, <laughs> but you go. Oh, I'm listening to the matches. Oh, yeah. Uh, wait, nope.
0: That's that's exactly what it was supposed <laughs> to sound like. This was. Yeah, yeah. I, I think Ryan told me that he went and saw the matches. Yeah, like at the Triple Rock or something, and then wrote this song. And I fucking <laughs> love this track so much. This song's cool because it's been it's been really universal for us in meaning that. We can play it like this loud, fast, like punk rock song, right? Or we can play it like really slow down and like pretty acoustic. Or you can make it like... It, just, it has so many different worlds for us that we've put it through. I love this, Versatile. I love this song. Versatile track. I, I
1: like this track a lot, too. And again, it was no dig. Um, <laughs> but like I said earlier, the influences... You know, you can, I mean, you can pull them, you can pull them, but like, that's, that's what bands do. You, you pull from what you know, mm-hmm. and then you fucking build off it, you know, that's and can, literally my only note for this track.
0: And can <laughs> we just say that I like Ryan's writing on this because it's one, it's, it's, it's like a letter basically. He yeah. signs it at the end, you know, your lost son or love your lost. what is it? Wait, hold on. Let me, don't let me butcher the fucking words. Yeah. He signs it at the end with lots of love, your lost son. And it's just it's like a it's just one big letter. There's no verses or choruses. I mean, the only thing that really sets it apart is it switches to palm muting and I close my hi-hat. But it's the same fucking part through the entire song. And I think it's really cool.
1: <laughs> yeah. And again, you know, a lot of these a lot of these tracks are just the perfect length of time. I mean, you know, this is just right at the like what three minute mark or something like that 305 and, and i that that's one thing that keeps me coming back to an album sometimes is just the a length of the tracks crossroads is the next track yeah uh i wrote woo because <laughs> the <beginning. laughs> i love that woo woo i do too actually um It's nice. It's it's a little. uh, Um. I think that let let me hear it. Let me hear it real quick. I just want to hear it once. (laughs) I just. (laughs) I love that woo, man. It's a
0: really good woo.
1: Yeah, this track. Uh, this this was where I was like, man, just some of the guitar lines and stuff like that just really are infectious, you know? And yeah, yeah this riff that he you. wrote,
0: this riff that he wrote on the song is sick. This is one of my favorite. Every time I go and try out a guitar, this is the guitar riff that I play. <laughs> really? I, lo- really? I love it. I, it is truly, I love it. I think it's really good.
1: Yeah. I, I, uh, <laughs> that's funny. We do, we do always gravitate towards something, uh, familiar whenever we're like, Whenever like warming up on guitar or drums or whatever, I always do anyways. So that's that's an interesting poll. I always do yeah. whatever. Well, maybe we'll talk about that someday. But so this, but this song, I I mean, I I really, I I'm not trying to be fucking sugarcoated, but like, I mean, there is not really that much in the realm of like bad tracks at all. Um, this is a great riff, great infectious guitar lick just stays in your ear for hours. Uh, it's another... got a little
0: cool little hip hop vibe. Ryan kind of throws a little hip hop into it. <laughs> it's got a little hip and a little hop, a little hip and the
1: hop. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just, I mean, it's good shit, man. You know, uh, a lot of these, uh, I guess you would cater- categorize as, like, alternative rock, yes? Is that yeah. saying?
0: That's where I would put it, yeah. This okay. album's hard because a lot of the songs fall into categories. Re- realistically speaking, no fucking band in their right mind would have taken these songs that are so different and put them into an album.
1: <laughs> sure. It's sure. it's
0: so all over the place. You know who does that? The Matches. <laughs>
1: Yes, uh, what was that album? the uh...
0: decomposer and that's kind yes. of what I've always viewed this as it's, it's, it's so sporadic like it, it, I don't I'm not trying to like stroke my own ego because again I, I think that 99% of this was everybody else in the band. but I think that this collection of songs were so perfect because they're just they they shouldn't sound good together, but they do. And also right. you mentioned earlier that there really isn't any bad songs on this. there were when we tracked though. We recorded seventeen <laughs> songs. Twelve of them made the album.
1: Okay. Yeah. Well, th- I mean, that's typical, though, right? Usually, yeah. you got a couple backups. We,
0: you know, we were there for months, so it's like pump out as much as we can, and then pick what sticks. And cut a lot the of fat. the songs, a lot of the, a lot of the songs that we cut actually went on to the next EP anyway. We just retracked them.
1: Oh, okay. So uh, <laughs> I was gonna make a joke, like. <laughs> So only listen to this one because the uh, rest of the other rest are a No, I'm totally joking, totally fucking joking. Um, we can move on to nonfiction, and we're getting close to the end here. So nonfiction, again, just the riff, uh, is on that clean sound, dude. Dude, it's
0: really pretty, isn't it? It that's such it a good is. tone.
1: It's, yes, and, man, I, I just, I really dig that clean sound, and again, I can see all the uh the regulars at the shows dancing to this one.
0: Hey, can I tell you a fun fact about nonfiction, in case anybody fun cares? Fun fact, hit uh, it. At one point in time, I don't know what the fuck happened, I think Darnay like left the band for a while, and... We just didn't know where Grant was for six months. We just kind of lost Grant. I think he ended up being like, yeah, he ended up being like North Dakota and he just didn't tell anyone for like (laughs) half a year. (laughs) I love him. But it ended up just being me and Ryan and we were trying to figure out a way to play with just the two of us. And we wrote a collection of songs as a two piece, actually, where he we had a sampler. So he would record guitar parts and I would hit the sample and play the guitar and then he would play bass over that and this was actually one of the songs from that and it somehow ended up full band again so i think that's kind of cool
1: it's a great track i mean it really is you know um yeah so i is this one of the tracks that's on the uh touch tunes library this is
0: the only one that's on touch tunes oh so, so. if you guys if you guys want to <laughs> go play that we'll make a tenth of a penny every time you play it I'm looking to retire. You know what's stupid? They don't let you cash out until 25 bucks, and I still don't think we've got there. You know how much money that is when you get a fucking tenth of a penny per play. I'm never going to get that.
1: No, not not at all. No. <laughs> But God, it's cool Im-
0: it's cool to have on it and I do like like I like going to bars and just playing it and then looking around the room to see if anybody's toe tapping. Usually right. I play it in like a hillbilly bar and nobody gives a fuck. They're like where'd poison go? Yeah. That uh, was that like, was really mean. I'm gonna cut that insult.
1: No, out. no, you keep that in. You keep that in for the hicks. Um <laughs> <just> <laughs> <laughs>
0: That was worse than fight.
1: Fuck it, dude. We're not um, haters anyway. Dude, I literally played – dude, I I go into bars and I play touch tunes specifically mm-hmm. to piss off the people that I'm in yeah. that place with. That's I search the, the most obscure shit, and, like, I'm like, oh, y'all got municipal waste on touch tunes? They never do, but um, anyways, fuck it. Uh,
0: I like to go to bars that, like, where they're playing, like – Billy Ray Cyrus, but not like Achy Breaky Heart. Like they're just playing a Billy Ray Cyrus album or like fucking right. like Taylor Swift when she played country or you right. know, Brantley Gilbert or some other guy. And I like to put on like Tupac just to see like are of you course. guys are you guys going to be mean right now? <laughs> Let's see what happens. <laughs> they, there's always that
1: one like table where where one per, where two people are sitting down and there's one really drunk friend who's standing up and leaning on the table and is like
0: <laughs> Who put this on? I Who feel put like, it
1: on I feel Who like you're describing
0: every bar that I went to in my mid twenties in Duluth. That's yeah. like that's that happens at all of them.
1: Yeah. No, I you're right. It. I mean they're like they're like, I wanna listen to poison. Put on poison. Poison yeah.
0: sugar on me bartender
1: cherry pie warrant blah, and they fucking just vomit just right there. barf
0: all over and then you get it on your shoes man i don't miss people
1: <laughs> no no i do miss throwing up in bars though that's that's what i miss
0: <laughs> i don't i've never done that <laughs> never once have i done that
1: <laughs> i just really wanted to juxtapose the like two things we were talking about. So, um, anyways, are we talking, what are we talking about?
0: We're talking, we're talking about, uh, average man.
1: Good. Okay. Um, c- cigarettes. <laughs> cigarettes, dude. Okay. I, let me tell you this. I one time. Okay. First of all, I always looked forward to this song on the set list.
0: I knew that. Yep.
1: It's the most, enter- are you farting? Yeah. I didn't Jeez. think you could hear it. Again.
0: I didn't think you could hear it. I can hear everything. Dude, I couldn't even hear it. I'm next I'm me.
1: <laughs> um fucking shit, dude. Fuck. Okay. First of all, <laughs> Okay. Oh,
0: God. We I did digress. Always look,
1: I did always look forward to the. Yeah, I rip ass, more like. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyways, I always look forward to the song in the set list. It was a great track. I remember when you guys first played this, and I was like, holy shit, this joint goes hard. And, I mean, it's it's. It's pretty much the same. Same riff, same sort of the whole song. Yep. However, then Ryan starts just like screaming, you know? Yep. And obviously that shreds the vocal cords. Obviously you save this for last. Because then you can just like not talk for forever and recover.
0: Yeah. He um, was when we recorded this, he was we so the, the song is in what's called drop D. For those of you that don't know, the tuning on a guitar, the general tuning is E-A-D-G-B-E. Drop D is where you take the lowest string, the E string, and you drop it down even lower. And the reason I'm bringing that up is because during our sets, we would, whenever he'd go to drop D, we had three or four songs that were in that tuning. And they were all loud, and they were all Ryan screaming his fucking head off. So we always saved awesome. him for last. In the studio, we did the same thing when he was tracking vocals, and he was fucked for, like, a week. He had no voice. And he was, the Pi Studios is actually in a building where, like, people live there. Like, it's soundproofed and shit to be a studio, but people live in that building. And I think he was, if I remember right, he was screaming so loud, and it was, like, 10 o'clock at night or 11 o'clock at night. The neighbor actually came and told us we had to stop. And like this is Holy a professional shit. like like the door on the studio was like a foot and a half thick. That's how thick the walls are. And it's right, still right. carried through. I mean that motherfucker, whew, he went after it on this song.
1: That's that's awesome. I mean it you know it probably damaged the vocal cords whatever, you know. But hey, this song fucking rips and um there is a like a local joint in the hometown called uh, Rudy's, yeah. Um, where there's like subs, it, it, it there's subs and pizza and like fucking just fried food, and yep. basically you go there, like around bar clothes and you fucking are, you know, trashed out your mind, picking up some Rudy's, you know. <clears throat> I went there one time to pick up one of my friends like late at night. And this was right after you and I played our first show together at the Homer bar or mm-hmm. it was either the, whatever the first series of shows. I can't remember if Homer was our first or if two and eight was first. I think it went Homer than two and eight. Anyways. I think
0: Homer was first. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, but I remember I picked up my friend at said, uh, joint hotspot. Um, and this car next to me was like blasting cigarettes. Like blasting it. And I was like,
0: whoa, that's, well,
1: that's kind of cool.
0: That's funny. <laughs> like, was it was it Gramp? No, <laughs> no. It wasn't Gramp. <laughs> he just played <laughs> the old shit.
1: I mean, fuck it, you know. Um no, it wasn't him, but it was just some random kid. But I was like, that's kind of cool. I was like, I know them. I played a show with them. And, that is uh, cool. I'm happy to hear it,
0: that.
1: Yeah, so someone likes that song a lot. <laughs> Actually, I feel like a lot of people like that song a lot.
0: That one always went over pretty well, yeah. Yeah. Oh, one time, speaking of Drop D, hey, here's a tangent. Tell me. So you ever heard the song Sail by AWOL Nation? Of course. So we did a cover of that song, and we Ryan played it in drop D and it was very similar to cigarettes when we played it. And that's why this is relevant. And sure. it was very, very similar. It was just Ryan doing that wildly impressive yelling that I don't understand how he does it. And then playing just these hard ass drop D riffs, very similar sounding to cigarettes. And we played at a bar in superior Wisconsin called Grumpies, And during that song, which, if you so, if you guys listen to cigarettes, you'll understand the vibe I'm talking about. A man had a heart attack. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. And we were on stage together. Like, Shh, do we stop? What do we do? We stopped. We stopped playing, and then we got back yeah. after it later. But yeah, a man just started having a heart attack. <laughs> then that's how you know that that song goes fucking hard. You listen Best to cigarettes, song. you might have a heart attack. <laughs> Holy shit, dude. That makes this song. Dude, I have so many band stories that I don't think I've ever told you. Can I go off on another tangent because the song's on this album? Of course. The song Crossroads. One time we played our, It was I think it was our first time playing Bayfront, which is, if you guys don't know, it's a big amphitheater in Duluth. It's a big outdoor amphitheater. Minnesota, it was our yeah. first time on that. Uh, yeah, Duluth, Minnesota. It was our first time on that stage, and it's big. It's a big stage. This was kind of a big deal for us, right? Like fucking Bob Dylan and Eric Clapton. So many people have played that stage, <laughs> yeah. and during Crossroads, uh, one of the big we had really big like ore ships and shit that come through Duluth. They're huge. They're like Titanic huge. One of them got stuck in the harbor right behind the stage. So during our set, there were like six tugboats trying to push this fucking thing out. (laughs) And we ended up having to stop our set, obviously, because a giant fucking ship got stuck right behind us. But we made it on the news because we were playing Crossroads while they were talking about the tugboats. (laughs) Oh, hell
1: yeah, dude.
0: That just came up in my memories yesterday, too. It's been seven years, I think, since that happened. But yeah, dude, heart attacks, we're sinking ships. It's a good thing we don't play anymore, otherwise we would have set the Earth on fire.
1: Fuck, I think, I think the human populace is already doing that, but...
0: That's fair. Um, Maybe we would have yeah. stopped it? Sure. Anyway, I'm done with my tangents now, sorry.
1: There is no planet B. Can Gizzard... And we come full circle to King Gizzard. If only we could compare something to glass animals. Oh,
0: wait, there's some whispery ass vocals on this. There's whispery ass vocals on this. And they have a song called how to be, or no, an album called how to be a human being, which is the opposite of what everybody's doing because they're setting the earth on fire. So yeah. Relevant.
1: It's all relevant and it's all relative. Probably. Um, Cigarettes. Great song. Love it. It's good. I appreciate Um, that. Always look forward to it at the set. At the end of the set, I should say. Uh, And then Late Night Conversations. (laughs) This is what I wrote. I said, y'all really put on the suspenders and button-ups to the top on this one. Mumford's (laughs) bastard sons. That's what I said.
0: (laughs) Rude.
1: Dude. I think that's the proudest I've been writing down some shit on an album, though. Mumford's Bastard Sons? I mean, f- fuck you if you don't think that that's good writing. <laughs> you know? You got the banjo and shit
0: in there? There, yeah. There's a banjo. Yeah, there is a banjo. It's, there's a lot of stuff on this.
1: It's very mellow. There is a lot of layer- layering, so I do like that. But, um, yeah, I just, you know this album uh is coming to a close now. Do you have any fun facts about that last track?
0: Um I don't know if I have any fun facts. I guess some cool things, Nate. I wish you could have seen the kick drum I used on this. It was fucking huge. It looked like one of those joke kick drums that a circus act would have. But the whole I would idea of, so. Yeah, the whole idea. This is actually one of my favorite songs to play live, too. It's a little more full band. It's not so acoustic though but uh i really like this song because it always kind of summed up the album because this is where it it comes full circle for me because the first song again like we discussed it kind of has all of us and we all have a voice and and whatnot and then this last song always read to me as just you know like we went and did this thing but none of that really matters as long as we can like sit back and look at the scenery and just sit around like a campfire with our good friends, which is what this song was supposed to read was just all of us essentially playing in front of a campfire. Like we grew up and always have just wanted to do. So it was like a little, you know, nice little end thing, a nice little yeah. cap off, I guess. <clears throat> uh, Mumford and sons are bastards. Like Nate said, did <laughs> yeah, I get that right? not,
1: it's not, technically what i said but
0: well um i uh, (laughs) oh oh wait last fun fact sorry uh jake campbell is also singing on this song too he does harmonies on it because of course we had all the buddies come out nate you would have been there too but you didn't live in la at the time
1: i didn't jake you also didn't really know me really
0: i did for the years that i didn't know you i knew you i knew you were coming
1: <laughs> i definitely was coming i'll tell you that much Ew. um so <laughs> let me say this okay a couple more things and then we'll wrap up i promise fuck i'm sorry it's been a long episode but this has been really fun i've had um, a good Because it's one of those things where you pick the musician's brain that's behind the tunage. And let me ask you this. Favorite song to play off of this album live and least favorite.
0: Oh, favorite song to play live. I would say late night conversations just because I think that that song is just beautiful. I think that's one of my favorite songs Ryan's ever written. Uh, Least favorite song, I would say, is Spring Fling, but only because we've played it at literally every show I've ever played. There are (laughs) are songs that you don't add to the playlist sometimes, and then there are songs that you always add, and that one is always fucking on it, which isn't a bad thing. It's a good song, and it's fun to play, but I've played that so much now.
1: It gets tiring. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. It's
0: like Tom Petty doesn't want to or didn't want to play... What is it? Learning to fly. You don't want to play that song.
1: That's yeah, that's probably the song, I would assume. Um Yeah, okay. I mean so any I mean big big wig over here, big time, recording in LA.
0: Recording in um, my mom's basement now. <laughs> <laughs> um I'm not. Any... I own a house, I'm a real adult.
1: Right. You're not fake. Uh, any other fun facts or tidbits?
0: I don't think I have any other fun facts or tidbits off the top of my head, but I know that there's a lot that I missed and you know, I'm not plugging, but if you got, I am though, if you guys did find this at all interesting (laughs) and you want to see more, uh, life behind the influence is a video documentary that we put together. It's on YouTube. I think it's on Amazon prime still, but just use YouTube to be safe. There's 15 episodes. I think. And it does a little dive into each song. We actually have Nels on it, and he gives a little input on you know, the, the recording process. Jake's in it, Darnay's in it, Ryan's in it. It's, it's a pretty fun watch, I think. If you found this interesting, if you've already shut it off and you're not listening to this, then you're probably never going to see that.
1: That's right. <clears throat> so Average Mammals, Josh, has been tackled. So, um, <laughs> uh, I think that at this point, this was a, a really, I mean, it was a fun dive. I mean, it was, it's, uh, not a typical episode. And again, I kind of grilled Josh at the beginning. He definitely didn't know that I was going to do that, but I just I did fucking not. did it. Cause I'm a fucking wild card dude. You know, <laughs> this has been bad bandmates, uh, We've already gone long. I don't want to leave it any longer. That's, mm, nope. I'm That's not gonna, rude.
0: We don't want to go too long. It's rude to the listener. To respect to your time
1: wait. as the listener. So, what I'll say is this. Go listen to Average Mammals. Uh, Ryan, he's been on the podcast before. Grant hasn't. Darnay hasn't. Maybe they'll be on someday. Um, Grant, definitely not. He just disappears for
0: I, Grant still owes me a phone call from two Decembers ago.
1: Perfect. So we won't get him on, but that's of his own volition. So, um,
0: his own Venusian,
1: Venusian to King Gizzard again. King Um, Gizzard.
0: Yep. That was a reference.
1: God, I love them. So this is it.
0: Okay, (laughs) bye. bye.